0: The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Rosh Hashanah. Masechet Rosh Hashanah has been sponsored by Mr. Soli and Cheryl Mizrahi. Hashem Yichyu for the Hatzlacha of both of their families, for health, happiness continued success and of course uh, much nachat and uh, pleasure from their children in the zechut of their dedication to the Masechet Rosh uh, Hashanah there will be zocheh for good judgment There will be zocheh for good beracha uh, and mazal in all their endeavors, Amen, Amen. Today's daf has been dedicated in honor of today's birthday of Michael Waba. Happy birthday from his wife. Daf yod Today's daf is being studied Amen Today's daf is being studied Amen we begin today's daf on Yud <inaudible> on the second line <clears throat> The previous Gemara that we learned on yesterday's daf we discussed the subject of a, an individual that had a gzardin, a decree decreed against him. And the Gemara until now said that once a decree is levied against a person, he cannot overturn it. Even through great tefillah, it cannot be overturned. And now the Gemara is going to offer other opinions that hold indeed a gezardin of a yahid can be overturned through tefillah. And the Gemara begins: din the Yahid regarding a decree that was made to an individual. There is actually a Mahlokheh. Amongst the Tanaim, the Tanya, we have a Omer Rabbi Meir used to say, lamita." Two people that were went to the bed, meaning they fell sick in bed. Vecholian Shave. and they have the same sickness, the same degree of sickness. Vechen, and similarly, Shnaim she'alul legardom lidon. What is a gardom? Rashi says on the top line, "Bed va'ad." That's a group. Shedanim bon nefashot lahariga. That they judge capital punishment cases. We call like a bidin, like a a court. So two people have to go to this court. Vidinam Shaveh. And both of their uh, Same same cases. That is a similar... Judgment. And what happens? She says, They both got caught for the same crime. So we're talking about two similar situations. Two people got sick with the same sickness near a bed. Two guys that got caught on the same crime, they were in court. One guy gets out of his bed, and one guy doesn't get out of his bed. One guy got saved from the judgment, one guy didn't save. can get saved. So the says, What's the reason? Why one guy gets saved, one guy doesn't get saved? So the Gemara says, Because one guy prayed, and he gets answered, and one guy prays, and he doesn't get answered. Why does one guy get answered, and one guy doesn't get answered? the one that prays a complete prayer he gets answered he gets healed from his sickness or he gets a good exoneration from court but the guy that didn't pray a complete prayer he doesn't get answered therefore he doesn't make it through his sickness and he gets a guilty verdict now what does this mean so the she over here says he had Kavana. So, uh, we see over here, according to Elis Rebimi'ir, the guy that prays with Kavanah, so he gets saved. The guy that doesn't pray with Kavanah, doesn't get saved. So, just before we continue, we have to understand what this means. What does it mean? A person's dying, a person's sick, he's not going to pray with Kavanah, he's not going to pray with intent, who doesn't pray with Kavanah in such a a case? A guy's life is on the line in court. Is it possible that a guy's going to pray without Kavanah? So what does she mean? So I once heard from the video to explain what this means, that kavan. So he explains like this. Of course a person when he's praying, he has Kavanah when he's sick. But the question is, does he really believe that his tefillah can work? Or is he just praying in desperation? Which means, you know, he has nothing better to do. So therefore he throws the tefillah out. But he really doesn't believe in the that this prayer over here is like a, uh, like the best lawyer you can have. What well, is this prayer that you have is better than the best doctor that you have. So the guy that really believes that the tefillah is effective like a doctor and a lawyer, so that guy's tefillah is, is kabanah. He believes in the, in the power. The guy doesn't believe in the power, so his tefillah is not going to work. So anyway, that's the opinion of the me Let's read the next sheita. Rebim A'zar says, kan gzardin, ah. So you see Rebim A'zar said, No. The reason why one guy comes out of the bed, because there was no gzardin on him yet. There was no final decree on him. But the guy that does make it out of bed, it's because there wasn't a gzardin on him. So you see clearly... According to the Bil Azad, he holds that once it's a Gzardin, it's over; it's locked, no chance. However, the third sheet is, the <laughs> Beit Zehakamar Yafeh Se'akal Adam Ben Kodem Gzardin Ben Ahar Gzardin. So we found this sheet of the Beit Zehak was a Tana that clearly holds that Tefillah works whether it's before Gzardin and whether it's after Gzardin. So therefore, it's actually a Tana'im between the Bil Azad and the Beit Can an individual's decree? Be be overturned. That's the way Shitat Rashi understands. Because again, the B'itzchak says that Sa'aka is good for the person whether it's before the Gzardim or whether it's after, meaning after the Gzardim, still you can pray and it can be mitigated. And that's again, like I told you, the Shitat of Rashi. It should be noted that Hanan'el has a different understanding of this Gemara. He says like this, It is indeed Rabbi Meir, the first opinion of the bride, that holds that a Yahid can be answered even after Ghazardin. And what's this proof? Because then if a person prays, meaning with even if there's a ghazardin on it that he should die of his sickness, but a tifila with can overrule it. So it's the bimier that holds that a ghazardinabi can be overturned. I uh, what about the Yitzhak So you could pray after a ghazardin. He says, Yeah, the that the prayer that you do after ghazardin cannot overturn the ghazarddin, it could just mitigate it. It could just make it a little easier, but not overturned. It. So therefore according to Binu Han, it's to be that's the Tanah that holds Gzardin can be overturned. Whereas according as Ashi, it's to be its that's the tannah that holds a can be overturned. In any event the Gemara goes back to a subject, correct, the working. Right, it, it helps it. Very good the yuk. Comes the Gemara and says, the Ghzardin the Sibur, mimikla. The Geberah said above, that a gzardin of a sibur, meaning if it's a a communal uh, issue, and the community or a family prays for a certain subject, even after a gzardin, it's able to be overturned. So the Geberah now challenges that. What do you mean? We have a pasuk in Yirmiyah. The pasuk says, which means, cleanse yourself from the evils of your heart. Which means God, through the prophecy is saying, you have a chance to change. Clean yourself and you'll be okay. But we have another Pasuk that says, If you're going to clean yourself with neter, neter is a type of earth that they used to use as a detergent in the olden days. And if you're going to add soap, meaning to clean your sins, the Prophet says, your sin is eternally stained in front of me, and therefore it sounds like you cannot overturn it. So we have a contradiction in Pesukim. Now how do we understand the contradiction? My love, Kan Kodim Gzardin, Kan Gzardin, which means, the pasuk that says, clean yourself, that's before the Gzardin. The pasuk that says, your sin is sealed in front of me, that's after Gzardin. Now we're talking about the Sibur over. this was talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. So still you see what, that even the Sibur after Gzardin, is considered Nechtaba, uh, what do you mean that goes against the principle okay. we proposed on yesterday's daf. Kibra says, "La, No, that's not the way we reconcile. <speaking in Hebrew> Both are talking about the hargzardin. New rule. Which is of course a regular gzardin. You can overturn it if it's shil <speaking in Hebrew>. sibur. With tefilot, it can only be overturned. However, if the gzardin is coupled with the shibu'ah, with the swear... It cannot be overturned. Which means if God makes a shivua and says, you know, I this I swear that this is going to happen, it's over. Finish. There is no way to overturn exardeen coupled with a shiva. Bar the story of Eli, Eli was the Kohen. His children, Hufni and did different Averot. They took certain sacrifices, sacrificial meat that they weren't supposed to take. They took it too early before the proper, the proper time. They also committed different Averot that the Gibara in Shabbat discusses. And therefore, Eli was held responsible for the behavior of his children. And God punished Eli through the Prophet Shemuel and said that what? That he's going to be punished throughout the generations but not that his children are not going to live long lives. And this was coupled with a Shavuah. And therefore there was no chance for this to become... Uh, nullified because of the shivua that was made with it. Comes the Gebaran and says Amar Raba Bezeba Uminha Enu Metkaper, which means that the family of any cannot have a torment through korban, Avad Metkaper B'Torah. But through the study of Torah, they're able to <coughs> overturn that decree. Abaye Amar Bezeba Uminha Enu Metkaper Avad Metkaper B'Torah Ubkimud Hasadim. They learn Torah and they do Gemilut Hasadim which means both Abiyad and Rabat telling us there's three Amudim that the world stands on. Torah, Avodah, Gemilut Hasadim. Bnei Ali were delinquent in Avodah. That was their uh, amud that they did not take care of. So one rabbi says, fine, you can compensate with the other amud. She says, if they study Torah, that'll take care of that'll give them the life that they need. And the other rabbi says, no, if they do Gimud Hasalim, that's another amud, that'll compensate. Now the Gemara gives us proofs to this. Both rabbis, rabbah, now we have rabbah in the text with the he. Like the Tosafot tells us over here, this is referring to Rabbah Bar Nahmani, who was a Kohen. As opposed to other texts that have over here, with an alif, that that's an incorrect text because Rabbah with an alif was not a Kohen. And therefore, the proper text is Rabah with a hair. According to Rashi, Rashi says if you would put Rava you could say that could be his mother came from oh, Bet oh, that's why they wrote Raba but again we'll follow our text that goes Raba which is Raba Ben-Hamani which we have different Gemariot that's masked by he was a Kohen in any event, Rabba ve'abaye m'debet a'ili ka'atu Rabba da'asak Torah Raba that's sorry Torah haya arba'in sheneen he lived to forty years old abaye Okay. which is Abaye that learned Torah and he did Gimut Hasadim he lived to 60 years so you see over here that what? that the Torah and the Abodah and the Gimut Hasadim obviously adds years to his life now we see over here also that each one added 20 years to their lives and the Mefashim explained because normally Bet Deen does not punish a person in Shamaim, does not punish a person until he's at least 20 years old. That's the Deen, Deen Shamayim. So therefore, really, B'nai Ali, let's say, should have, uh, you get 20 years before the punishment kicks in. So because uh, Rabah studied Torah, they gave him an extra 20 years of life. They gave him an extra judgment of 20 years. However, Abayyad, that learned Torah, they gave him 40 years extra of life. Well, the Torah is not. It's Torah with Gibul Hasidim is stronger. Torah only gave him 20. The other rabbi did Torah would Gibul Hasidim and got an extra 20. So you see the Gibul Hasidim is also up there. Yeah, Gibul Hasidim key. 20, yes. Yeah, it's an extra, it's, an extra, it's an extra 20. More. You would think Torah that, to correct. correct. There was a certain family in Jerusalem. There was a family that all its children were passing away at 18 years old. So they went to the great rabbi, chief rabbi, rabbi of Maybe you come from the family of Eli. Because it says regarding that family, all the descendants or the, 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 the multiple children of your house, but and they'll die when they become of age when they become men meaning at 18 years old go study Torah and you'll live so they went they studied Torah and they lived so they used to call that's the favor of Yohanan because he gave them he gave Fine. them the life and that's why we have a uh, a family, God bless them, in our community—they call them the Tawil family. Yeah, yeah. Tawil family yeah. can yeah. trace yeah. themselves yeah. back to yeah. Aniak But why the reason they call themselves Tawil? Tawil in Arabic long means life. tall, which is long. Because we pray long that the Hashem they should have long life. Baruch Hashem, that family is known to be involved long in Torah and Gimut Hasadim, and that's why Hashem they will also enjoy the Beracha of the Hachamim, of Rabbi Hanan, of the that enjoy the long life because of these extra credit that they have. Amar. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Ramar, yeah. <emisteracy> Is it conceivable that Rabab al did not do G'milut hasidim? Oh, so you're asking a very good question, so the Mepharshim do point that out. So you have to say that, not that, look at the Tosfot, Ralf, yeah, Tosfot yeah, has so that so question. F- <laughs> Tosfot z- says, Amar le Abayir Rababur, Torah, Haggut Hasadim, Yishtomar, Timekumakum Abayir Asiktafemineh. You have to say, Abayir did more with hasidim than Rabah. We were all relative, of course yep. Rabah was one of G'milut Hasadim. But Tosfot says, you have to say, Abayir was a little more, Saying it More def- exactly, and therefore it served him better. Come <laughs> to get what I says. Amar Rav Shmuel bar Inya, Meshemed Rav Minay leGzar shel Sibur sheEno Nechtam. How do you know that the Gzar of a Sibur is not sealed? What do you mean not sealed? What do you mean? Of course it's sealed The passage pas- pas- says that your sin is Stained in front of me Which is mashmah, That it's possible that a gazar dinah b'simur Can be sealed so That cannot be your question you're right How do you know that even though it's sealed It can be torn It can be uh, uprooted It can be nullified So Ka Hashem Which means who is like our God That answers whenever we called Him Which means even if you call Him After Gezardin And after the Gezardin is Nikhtam God says call Him and He can overrule it <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, 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 So very good So the Befashim asked this question as well When it says Nikhtam It means it's stained so something that has a stain is ma'asram. It's, it's, stain, smashed, it's yeah. indelible. Its stain doesn't come out. It's ma'asram. Therefore, it's ma'asram. It's also so, nehtam. So, therefore, the Gemara. What do you mean, nehtam? Of course, it's nehtam. How do you know if it's nehtam? It could be overruled. That's a question. Gemara because it says, "Kashem lo eni call to God any time. The Gemara. What do you mean? But the It says wait. You can't go to God at any time. The Navi tells us, Seek God when He's available. It's mashma that He's not always available. So could you tell me, He's only available certain times. Which means, when it comes to an individual, there's only certain times God's available. Sibur. So they will see more can call out God even after The Gemara is saying that that's referring to a Yahid. So the Gemara says So the Gemara says so when is this opportune time that Yitami Yahid can call out to God and He's going to be answered? abu elu asara yamim Rosh Hashanah and Yom This is referring to the Aserim and Teshuvah. Now when the Givara says the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is really not 10 days, only 7 days. So you have to say it's including the 2 days of Rosh Hashanah and the day of Kippur. But the point is which is an amazing concept, the Sibur they're Aserim and Mishra all year long. They have a status of Aserim and Teshuvah. Yahid who doesn't normally have that benefit during the 10 days, he has that benefit. He has an inside track, so to speak, during the Asir Timir to Shuvah, that is, the tefillot will be more, more uh, accepted. However, a Sibur, even if there's Gzardin on him, he can be answered all year long. Kamaz <laughs> Gemara says, the prophet, about the, prophet, the prophet was talking, you have to say, the Prophet was talking to all Klai Yisrael as individuals. Right, wow, that's a good point. You have to say it like that. I didn't hear your point. You have to say they were talking to all of Christ as individuals. Oh, anybody, you, you, okay. you, you, the Jewish. Whenever you want. now. It says Now the is talking about over here. et Naval this pasuk is talking about Nav'al. Nav'al was a fellow that David HaMelech, his servants helped him watch the flock. After David's servants helped Nav'al watch his flock, they came for payment. They came to get the reward. Nav'al didn't give him anything. Like the Gemara says, "Kishmo His name was like what he was. He was a Nabal. He did not give any payment, and not only that, he uh, mocked the uh, uh, the kingdom of David and Melech. He said, uh, "Today, everybody wants to become uh, a king of Israel. There's a lot of a uh, lot of rebels that re- rebel against the uh, against their masters." And therefore, uh, at that point over there, Nabal got punished. So the Gemara says that God waited ten days before he killed. Nabal. So comes together and says, my Avitayu. These ten days, what do you mean ten days? أَمَارَ Shnatan <laughs> Nabal did give David's servants something. He gave them ten servings of food. Now, the ten servings of food wasn't considered anything special. That was a normal Derech If a person has a guest that comes to his house, the normal Derech Eretz, why do you give him a Ligimah? But he should have gave them much more because they didn't work for him. So at least he followed the, the normal derech to give them the minimum. a ligima each because there was ten servants. He gave them each one ligima, one portion. So God gave Nabal an extra ten days of life. Actually, the ten days, God gave Nabal ten days to make the shuba. It was between Rosh and Kippur. He did not make the shuba as a result. He died. So you see over here, that the Asir Timit Tushva is a time for a person. He can change his judgment. He can change his gzardin. Now, Baal didn't take advantage of those 10 days. So therefore, he suffered his fate. So we learned in the Mishnah that on Rosh Hashanah, all the creations of the world pass by God like Bnei Maron. Now, the Mishnah... Did not explain to us what this terminology "bene Maron is. Now the is going to give us three interpretations. Ma'i Kibne Maron, what does it mean "Bene Maron? here in Bavell. They explained "kibne Imarna, that's like sheep. Just like sheep that are going to be counted, so they bring them one at a time through a gate, and it's a narrow gate, and one at a time passes through, then the tenth one they brand. So therefore, so too on Rosh Hashanah, one at a time passes through God, and God judges each one individually. So that's Benimbaron, from the uh, Aramaic word, Amarna, which is a sheep. Amar. كَمَعَلَوْتْ بِتْ Maron, Like the heights that they had in the city of Meron. Which means it was a very narrow steps, where to walk up to the city, one at a time would have to walk in single file. And so too when they would walk down, they would also have to walk down a steep step, and they were very narrow. So again, it's another point of one at a time. So Maron, in this context is the name of the city, Meron, which is in... And it is Israel. third interpretation, like the soldiers in the army of David, they used to stand in single file, one at a time when they used to march. Now what does it have to do with the word Maron? So that she tells us Maron maron lashon Maron over there comes from Lashon barut, which means um, uh, dominance the Adalut and power. David used to count the soldiers when he used to come out to war one at a time. So those are the three interpreters. Either sheep, or it's referring to the heights of the steep height that has narrow steps, if it's one at a time, or like the soldiers of David. However, all of the Jewish people are then judged and looked at in one Judgment, So that she says, So since you have, a, you have a, a dual thing taking place over here, you have an individual judgment, and then all Yisrael is judged collectively. They're all collected in one judgment. Now we'll have to explain what that means in a moment. What's the individual judgment and what is the communal judgment. Well, let's read three again about out for a second. We also learned this in the bright day. It says in the Pasuk, and actually we learned this in Yahad Mishnah. The God that created their hearts, together, the one that understands all their actions. My what does this mean? This pasuk, maybe it means like this: That maybe means that God created the entire world um and He brought their hearts together, that everybody thinks the same way. Maybe that's what it means: That God created everybody's heart to think the same way. It was impossible. <laughs> we see it's not like that. No two people right. think alike. So what does it mean <laughs> It means like this: the one that created us He looks at all Am Yisrael's hearts collectively, ubevin <laughs> el and then analyzes their ways. Now, if you know the pasuk right before this, the pasuk right before this says kol <laughs> which means the way that she says the one that's the one that supervises over the entire world the one that created them he supervises them collectively so therefore we have a pasuk to substantiate. now what does this mean God judges us individually then God judges us collectively so the Sifta Hayim has a beautiful explanation of Hayim Friedland and his sefer explains it as follows A person has two functions in his life. Number one, what he is responsible to do towards God, according to his God-given talents and potential and ability, how to serve God. So that's everybody's individual judgment. But then, everybody also fits into the larger puzzle of what his role is for Cloud Yisrael. For example, you might have a fellow over here that is needed in the world to serve the tzaddik or to do something for clients to benefit somebody else. For example, exactly, to benefit the sibur in some capacity. And therefore, a person might not merit life on his own zechuyot. Because he might not living up to what he's supposed to do, but since other people need him in order for them to fulfill their perfection, so therefore he's a link, or he's a, he's a, he's a, 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 a piece of the puzzle for the other people of the creation, so that's the collective judgment, how everybody interlocks with each other. So therefore, Borei gives two types of judgment, one the individual judgment, and then the collective judgment as well. And now we move on to the next Mishnah now just as an introduction to the next Mishnah we move on to the old way that they used to establish the Rosh Kodesh. we know that in the older days the establishment of the Rosh Kodesh was done by witnesses uh, the lunar cycle is a 29 and a half day and change Cycle in the beginning of the month, the moon is seen as a thin sliver, and witnesses would have to come to Usha'aim and testify that they saw the new sighting of the new moon. Beti would accept their testimony after interrogating them, and then say mekudash, and the month was indeed established. Now it should be pointed out that there's certain months that are considered hodesh maleh or hodesh hasid, which means if the witnesses would come on day thirty of the cycle, so the would establish and make day 30 as Rosh Khadish, day 1, and that means the month prior was a 29 day month, that would be considered a Hadish Khaser. If the witnesses would come on day 31, so 31 would become Rosh Khadish, day 1, and that would mean the previous month had 30 days, that would be a Khadish Maneh. Now, all this happened of course in Eretz Yisrael, the people living in the exile, for example in Bavel, they needed to know exactly when Nosh Hodesh was established. Why is it important for them to know when Nush Chodesh is established? In order for them to know when to make the holidays, So okay. they know when Pesach comes, when Sukkot, the Taniyot, etc. So the custom was in the olden days that the Mishnah is going to tell us six months of the year, Beti would have a certain procedure where they would send messengers to the exile in order to let them know which day Rosh Chodesh was established. Now the Mishnah is going to list us the six months of the year that were significant that Betin would dispatch Selihin, to Bavir, to exile to let them know exactly when Rosh Chodesh was established. And the Mishnah begins, Al Shisha Chodeshim, on six months, Has Yotzim. The they would go out. Now let's actually read the Rashi over here on the Mishnah. Shikideshu Betina Chodesh al idim. Right? The Betim would establish Rosh Chodesh according to witnesses and they would they would inform the people in the exile when it was established like, like we said so the Gabbai says back to the Mishnah they have to let them know regarding Pesach so the people know exactly what went, went to celebrate Pesach? That as she just tells us, the Shadim would travel all the days from Nisan until Pesach, excluding Shabbatot. Obviously the Shidaim had not to travel on Shabbat. So don't think they were traveling for 14 days. It was really, uh, you know, 14 days less two because you had the Shabbatot in between. Al-Av Ta'anit. They would have to travel uh, in the month of Av, in order to let them know when Shabbat would fall out, now in Rosh Chodesh Av, so we have nine days minus the Shabbat they couldn't travel, so there's really only eight traveling days. Or if there was two Shabbatot, then it would be seven traveling days. Al Elul Me'penei Rosh Now this is strange. They would announce. They would go and tell them when Rosh Hashanah Elul was, so they know when Rosh Hashanah is. Well, Rosh Hashanah is at the beginning of the month, so you really can't send out any yeah. messages it's on Rosh Hashanah. Nosh Hashanah. It's too late. It happens when it happens. However, the Hakimim tells the majority of times Elul was twenty nine days. So therefore, once you know already when the shchodes was Elul is, so the majority of times you just count 29 days later, and the 30th day would be Rosh Hashanah. That's why that she is masha. That's masha. It means in Galut, it's masha. They only would celebrate one day Rosh Hashanah. Tosfot who asked a question for Pesach Betzah that it's that in Galut they would also do two days. If you look at the bottom, Tosfot Elul Rosh Hashanah DeElul so Tosfos says they would do it as well on the second. So they elul. had to know when elul was so they know when the first day of Rosh Hashanah is going to be because you count 29 days after elul. The 30th day is going to be. The first day of Rosh Hashanah, from Rashi it's Mahesh, but they only did one day, but those four holes they did actually two days like we learned in Masik al and Masih al-Rubin as well. Good. Al-Tishri, now they would still dispatch Shemihim for the month of Tishri. For what purpose? So the people will know when Sukkot was, because we don't want the people to be nervous, because the people are not going to know Kippur and Sukkot. The people are nervous; they're not going to know when Rosh Hashanah was. So, in order to alleviate the nervousness of the people, they would send the people on Tishri, so they know exactly when Kippur falls out and when Rosh Hashanah, when uh, Rosh, uh, Sukkot falls out. Look at Leshi. <laughs> Correct. Rosh only follow the elul calculation. Look at Nashi. Um, Al Tishri. So the people's the heart's not going to be perturbed Anchor. or anxious, exactly, not knowing when Kippur is and when Sukkot is. Now, al Keslev, they would dispatch, in order to let the people know when to celebrate Hanukkah, Da'al Adar, Purim. Adar, of course, so they know when to celebrate Purim. When the, the was around, Af al They would go also on the month of Iyar, Pesach which is really Pesach so the people would know when the 14th oh. of the Iyar is. 100. Whoever didn't bring a korban oh, the really? first month, because <laughs> they were Taber, <laughs> they were able to. No, <laughs> Pesach shari is the fourteenth of Iyar, okay, okay. which means. Right, we missed one holiday. No, <laughs> Sheni, said, no. I'll get to Shavuot in a second. Shavuot is oh, separate yeah, yeah. question. <laughs> but let's go. Let's go one step at a time. They would send the witnesses, not witnesses, shariim in Iyar, so the people know what Pesach shari is. Now, the Tudor Evan over here takes out the word "af" in this Mishnah, because the Shmash when the Beit Hamikdash was around, they would send an additional. Month, the month of Iyar. But that's not so. It was six either way. Because when the Beit Megas was around, they didn't have to sell witnesses in Av, because there was no Ta'anid Jab'e'al. Oh, yeah, yeah. So therefore, it's really six altogether. No, wait, it's anyway, either. It's, anyway, so, so take out the word Av, Iyar. It's really Iyar. Now, the question was asked over here what about Shavuot? So the explanation in the Farishim says Shavuot is not based on a calendar, lunar calendar calculation. The Torah says you count 50 days from the second day of Pesach. So okay. therefore, finish. The Torah says, You can't make a mistake on that. So once you know already when the second day of Pesach is, you just count 50 days and you know automatically it is uh, Shabbat. Like we learned in the other Gemarot in the olden days, the Shavuot could afford that on one of three days. On the 5th of Sivan, on the 6th of Sivan, 6th of or the 7th of Sivan, based on the, what the, the previous months were. If Tisam was Maleh, Hasid, if Iyar was Maleh, there were different configurations, and therefore it's nothing to do with the month. You have to know when Pesach was, and you yeah. can't just 50 days. Mm-hmm. Come to Gemara mm-hmm. and ask the question. We said that they used to dispatch witnesses to go out, or Shilichim I should call them, in the month of Av, so they know when Tish'abi Av is. They should go out in the month of Tammuz, because then we have the first day of Asa Tammuz, and they should go out in the Tammuz month, and all they should be aware of, Asara in Tammuz. So comes the give says, We have a Pasuk. This Pasuk actually comes from the Prophet Zekhariah. God says, God says, the first that is in the fourth month, the fourth month is Isar, Iyas, Ivan, Tammuz That's referring to Sheva Asar, the Tammuz Vesoma Hamishi And the first that is in the fifth month, that is Tish'a Be'af Vesoma that's the first that's in Tishri That we would call Som Gidal Yauj, on the third day of Tishri Vesoma Asiri, and the first that is in the tenth month, that is Asara beTevet. Tivet is the tenth month so the prophet predicts ye ye Yehuda le It's going to be one day sason <laughs> ulsimha. the prophet Zechariah was prophesizing in between the destruction of the first Bet Hamikdash and the second Bet Hamikdash. Which means after the first Bet Hamikdash was destroyed, these fasts became active. So he says that you should know that these fasts one day these fests are going to turn into a <laughs> Sibha, which is when the second Bet Hamikdash was built. These four days, which were sad days, now turned into holidays. So the Gemara says, "Kari okay. So the Pasuk over here refers to these days as fast days, but also refers to them as days of because okay. it says, So make up your mind, is it a fast day or is it a uh, happy day? So the Gemara says, shalom." When there's peace, which is another way of saying, when the Beit HaMikdash is around, and that's considered the ultimate peace, then the days will be holidays, and you cannot fast on them But if there is no Then they go back to becoming a Fast oh, So what do you see over here That there are two more fast days That Amishnah did not consider You have the fast of Tamuz. The fast of So you should dispatch Messengers to the Galut on those two months, so they know exactly when those first days are. That's the question of the, of the Gemara. The Papa answers. Shalom, he says, when there's going to be peace? Meaning, when does the temple? Then these four days turn into holidays. Yes, Shemad. When there's destruction and the Guim are oppressing us, then they go back to becoming a fast day. However, en shemad in shalom, if there's no v'etam but at the same time no oppression either, by the guyim, then ratzu mit'anim, ratsu in mit'anim. Then, exactly, those fast days become optional. Now what does it mean optional? Optional means that each kahal has the right to decide whether they're going to fast or not fast. Now obviously it should be noted, today obviously the Claudius has accepted these fast days as Chobah, but in the old days it was possible, you had a community, that we didn't accept these stringencies of, right. and since that's the case, therefore the Mishnah says it's not nice. necessary to dispatch people to let them know when these fasts are, because they're really not as mandatory right. as the others, but right. hold it, we have a question, the, uh, the Pasuk lists four fasts. Yeah. Which means, if that's the case, T'Sha'be'av also should be considered optional. So why then we're dispatching uh, Messengers for T'Sha'be'av? It should also be an optional first. So look at T'Sha'be'av as well, don't dispatch. Maybe it's also considered optional. T'Sha'be'av is different. Because T'Sha'be'av has many compounded Troubles and calamities that took place on that day. The more, because we have a statement. The first temple was destroyed. And the second temple was destroyed as well. The city of Betar was captured, which means after this second Beth of Megdash was destroyed, there was a uh, holdout From the Jewish population with the a leader at the time was called Bar Kokhba, and he was in Bethar, and the Romans eventually came in about 50 years after the gas was destroyed, and they uh, raised the city of Bethar, and hundreds of thousands of Jews were destroyed, uh, killed. And that uh, conquering of Betar took place also on Tish'abi'ad. And the city of Yerushalayim was? cloud. So you see Chabab is different. Which is, It's not an optional fast. Which is Chabab since it was earmarked for a tragedy many tragedies unfortunately so therefore you have to fast Chabab even if there's no better Even if there's peace amongst our enemies Chabab remains a strict fast. Comes the Gemara, incidentally, the top Tosfot just says On Sha'abab, we have a compounded sarot If you remember, Gemara Ta'need also tells us five I different think. calamities happen on Shavasa and Tamuz So Tosfot says yeah. The Khurban is worse, which means the fact that Khurban and has happened twice on that day, that eclipses any other calamities that would have taken place on Shavasa and Tamuz Right. It's furthermore, the fact that the same calamity repeated itself on that day, where almost five different calamities happened once, whereas on Tisha B'av the calamities repeated themselves, so that makes it a more severe day. Right. So let's go back and review. So basically, we have in the Mishnah six months that we send out the messages to the Galut. The month of Av is called course the Sha'b-e-Av Asr-e-Ab-e-Tamin Sha'b-e-Tamuz are optional Natsa, Mit-A'nim, Lo-Natsa, Which means each Simur t- can decide for themselves Therefore, the rabbis did not deem it fit for Feshachim to have to go out and tell them about When the Hodesh was Because those fists are not as severe Comes to Gabbana and says Tanya we have a bright Abish Shimon Abish Shimon says Four items Hayar B'akibad Doresh had four derashot Ve'ani in Doresh kimoto And I argued on him on all four derashot the Gemaraan Sota lists all four Our Gemaraan is only going to list one of them there That is pertinent to our subject Now, Soma This is Rabi Akiva talking now When it says Soma Well, what's the fourth month? Nisan, Iyad, Sivan, Tammuz Ze Tish'a, Tammuz. This is the ninth day of Tammuz What's well, the ninth day of Tammuz? The Gemara says Shibohu Pke'ah Ha'ir That's the day the walls of Jerusalem were breached now, in the times of the first Bet HaMikdash, we first Shema Asar Bet Tammuz, because that's when the walls were breached in the second Bet HaMikdash. But originally, the first day was the on the night of Tammuz, because that's when it happened in the Bayit Rishon. Now, I want to point out, according to the Talmud Yerushalmi, the Talmud Yerushalmi wants to say that really, even in the times of the first Bet HaMikdash, it was on the 17th. It's just that what, the people got the calendar wrong, because of all the tzadot that was happening to them. So they got confused, so they thought it happened on the 9th. Right. But, but it really happened right. on the 17th. And Tosfot says, the pasuk writes the 9th, because that was the mistake. The pasuk went with okay. the mistake that the people made, but really was the but 17th both, on both. both the 17th. In any event, how do you know, it says because we have a pasuk that says, uh, Barbi'i, that's the fourth month, on the ninth of the month, the family became very strong in the city. There was no city. Sorry, there was no bread for the people. But the wall became breached. Now, why is that feast called the fourth? So the. Because it's in the fourth month Nisan, Iyah, Sivan, Tammuz Good Rabbi Akiva continues Tzomah Hamishi The first on the fifth The fifth Zet shab That's Shab-e-Av Shebon, Islaf, bet El. that's the day that the bet e was burnt le hamishi Why is it called the fifth? Hamishih l'chudashim It's across the fifth month because is the yeah. fifth month Tzom HaShibi'i Zegimun Bet-Tashri That's the third day of Tashri Shebon Herag Gedaliah Ben-Achikam That's when Gedaliah Ben-Achikam was murdered Now Gedaliah Ben-Achikam Was the governor of Yerushalayim he was installed by Nebuchadnezzar to be the king of I mean, to be the governor of Yerushalayim and as long as he was alive the Jewish people had hope that maybe the uh, fate of their uh, future would be a little better but what happened? He was murdered Now who was he murdered by? By another Jew <speaking in Hebrew> To teach you that to The Pasuk puts Shabi'av right next to Tzom Gedaliah, to teach you that when the tzaddikim die, it's tantamount to the destruction of the Beit Hamikdash, especially when the tzaddikim are murdered by Jews themselves, and therefore that day was earmarked as a fast day. That's Gimel Tishri. Why is that called the seventh fast, Shavuot? Because it's in the seventh month. Tishri is the seventh month of the year. So Mahasiri, What's the sum of the tenth? that's when the siege around Yerushalayim began the word came to the prophet on the tenth month on the tenth day this is the day that the king of Babel has sieged Yerushalayim why is it called the tenth Asiri lachudashim Because it is in the 10th month Now let's pay attention over here Comes out according to the Akiva When the Pasuk writes Mahodesh Soma so Soma Hamishi Soma Soma so Asiri It's not written in chronological order Because really Soma Asiri The siege of Jerusalem Took place first Asanaa b'tedet historically took place first Because first there was a siege around Jerusalem then came yeah. Shavasah and Tammuz, and the wall was breached. Then you have Chabeab. So, so therefore, he has it out of order. He's putting Asarab al the last in the pasuk. So the Gemara says, "V'halo rishon." Asarab al Tavet, Soma al-Asiri should have been written first in the pasuk. The pasuk says Soma Bi'i. It shouldn't have. It shouldn't have said Soma al-Asiri, because didn't the Soma al-Asiri take first? Didn't the siege of Jerusalem take first? Take place first? chronologically in history. So the question is posed to the Akiva. The Akiva, how do you understand the Pasuk? So why was it written last? So Nabi Akiva says, I'm going according to the months. Which means, got the fourth month, the fifth month, the seventh month, the tenth month. I'm not going historically. I'm going with the months. So therefore, don't ask any questions. So the She'an comes along and says, but I argue. It's one of the four places... Rabbi On comes along and says, he argues, why what does he say? I don't say like you. Asiri, and you know you know what that first in Tevet is? That's the fifth of Tevet. What happened on the fifth of Tibet? Which means when the Jewish people, in times of the Ruchamn the Ruchamn Esar exiled our people in two stages. The first stage was called Galut Yechonia. Galut Yechonia took place eleven years before the destruction of the uh, Beit Hamikdash. Actually, look at Rashi. Uh, Rashi says, "Right, Gola LeGalut And what happened? after they were exiled so they sent message eleven years later they sent message to the people of Israel sent message to people. people in Babylon they said that's it it's over The Beit HaMikdash was destroyed so they got the message, it happened on the Shabbat but they didn't get the message until Hamishah Bittimeth so the Geburah says in Imar Fahi ba'asiri on the tenth month on the fifth day of the month of the Galut, a refugee came from the city has been destroyed. And when they heard the news, they made it as if that's the day that the Midnat was destroyed itself and they treated it with a severity of a fast day. Now, according to the Mishnah, let's talk about ourselves before we read it inside. Everything's going chronological. Which means, first happened Shavasar al with a the breach. Then happened what? The destruction of the Mitha Mikdash on Sha'abi'av. Then happened Gedaliah which is when Gedaliah was killed, That you still felt that there was still hope. However, when was uh, the Galut uh, informed? Later on in the 10th month. So therefore, the 10th month, according to him, was not the, st- the month where there was a siege. The 10th month, according to Shimon, the was when they got the news. Therefore everything is written chronologically. So the Gemara says, the Mishnah says my logic makes more sense than his. Why? Shani omer al dishon. I go what I, I I put what's first first meaning shavasah betamuz was first. Balaharon Bal aharon and which was last which was last. Getting the new. Mehu omer al rishon aharon bal aharon rishon and he puts what's first last and what's last is first. Which means really shavasah betamuz not happened first. Really asarab betebet. But happened first, but he gave the reason, and it says, He goes according to the months, months. and I go according to the tragedies. So the be felt, it makes more sense to go according to when the tragedies happen, as opposed to going according to the we months. Comes again, and says, Itmar, We have a statement. Rav hanina amre ta'anit. Which I'll explain to you in a minute, is nullified. Rabbi, Yohanan, Rabbi, no, but, no, it is not Allah, no, What is not. There were certain days in Jewish history that miracles happened to Klai As a result of these miracles, they documented them down in a certain book. They called it Megillat Ta'anit. Now, ironically, Megillat Ta'anit is not the days that you fast. It's the days where you're not allowed to fast. And in certain days, you're not allowed to eulogize. So it's called Megillat Ta'anit, but it really means since events happened to Klai on these days, the rabbi says that as holidays, therefore you cannot fast, and some days you cannot even eulogize. Now, There's a great mahluk, and obviously between the Tanaim that you, we mentioned their names over here, that hold, after the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, is Megillah Taanit still viable or not? So one opinion says, Batlam Migilat Taanit finished, doesn't apply anymore. Therefore, all those holidays are not holidays anymore. Second opinion says, no, not Batlam Migilat Taanit. that those days written in Megillah Taanit are still considered holidays. Now the Gibraltar is going to give the logic. The Rav, the Rabbi Hanina Amre, Batlam begilat Targinit, Haki Kamar. They say it like this: Bismanchi is Shalom. Didn't we learn about when there's a betamikdash? So those four fast days. Go back to the four fasts. We said That's Yunas ason as- as- subcha yeah. and Shalom, but there's no betamikdash and song. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore, Migilat Tariq follows the, the, the regular four fasts. When there's no Bet HaMikdash, they go back to becoming fast days. And therefore, since there's no Bet Mikdash, just like the four uh, fast days go back to becoming fast days, Tani. so to Migilat Tarit is nullified, okay. therefore they become... Regular days that you can fast on them. They say, no, it wasn't nullified. Only the four fasts are dependent on the Betta Megdash. But Tari stayed, which means. Only the four fasts were hinged on the Bet Hamikdash. When there's no Bet they become fast days. But, but who said who said that Megillat tani becomes bate when the Beth Hamikdash was destroyed? No, maybe those days are still considered national holidays, and therefore you don't fast on those days. So comes and we have a Rav So now we have a question. Maaseh Ta'nit The rabbis decreed a fast day on Hanukkah in the city of Lod. VeYarad veRachas. Rabbi Ezer was against it. Now when they used to, to decree fast days in the olden days, the fast days were severe where you couldn't bathe and you couldn't uh, take haircuts. Rabbi Izz was against them making a fast on Hanukkah, so what did he do? He showed to show him. them, he went to take a bath. Oh. And Rabbi Yoshua went to take a haircut. So they told them, And the rabbis told them, now you have to fast for your fast. Which is the fact that you decreed a fast for Hanukkah, that's a avon. And therefore go fast for the fact that you fasted. So what do you see over here? You see over here that what? Megillat Ta'anit obviously was not nullified. Because Hanukkah is one of the days that it says in Megillat Ta'anit that you can't fast. So you see what? That the rabbis decreed a fast. You see be the Ezzel of Yeshua were against it. That means what? And they lived incidentally after the Metricash was destroyed. And therefore you see what that beginner tanil is still in, not in not it, right is still an effect yeah. so that's the question on the other opinions it's come on us about of Yosef. shani hanukkah ikam saba 13 hanukkah is different because Hanukkah is more than just a holiday, but there's mitzvot oh, that are linked right. to Hanukkah. Don't we have to like the menorah and okay. things like that? So they, that's why the rabbis were, were going uh, against them. So listen, I can do it on your first day. It's a holiday with, with, with mitzvot. It could still be nullified, but the rabbis did a special one. Right, the Hanukkah is happy. We like to say it's nullified, but Hanukkah is special because there's other mitzvot that are linked okay. to the day. Right. So right. the rabbis didn't want to nullify that. So the what do you mean? <laughs> Nullified the day and nullified the mitzvot as well. Which you nullify the lighting of the menorah as well. What does that mean? If if you're saying it's batel, they should have been uh, batel it. From the fact that they want to be batel it, is not, that means beinu la tari does not mean batel. So el of Yosef shani Hanukkah to mefarsim nisa. Listen, Hanukkah is different because. The people already accepted upon themselves to light the menorah. She says, Kevar hu Yisrael al Torah. Which means, the rabbis were against fasting on Hanukkahs because you have a mitzvah that the people accepted upon themselves to light the menorah. Everybody's doing it. Now why? You're going to come along now and break the whole custom of Christ for the generations? And therefore we look like this. You have no proof. We like it was batel. Oh, so for why do the rabbis uphold uh, Hanukkah? It's Hanukkah is different. Hanukkah is a holiday. People are celebrating for years. Now we're not going to come now undo it and start fasting and then do away with the mitzvah. So don't, don't bring your proof from Hanukkah. So let's go one more step. Motiv Baruna We have another question. Betlata On the third day of tishri, betelat adkartat min that was the day where the Rabbis was successful to nullify putting uh, oh, the name of Hashem in the Shtarot. Why? Why was the name of God ever mentioned in the legal documents? So the Gemara says, oh, The Roman, uh, the Roman, Greeks, I'm sorry, rule made against the Jewish people, they weren't even allowed the Jews at the time of the Greeks to mention God's name verbally when the Hashmonai family overpowered the Greeks then that's whom and they were victorious they, could they established yeah. not only could you mention God's what name verbally, but way. in every legal document we're going to put god's name okay. this is what they used to do. they used to write like this, Le Yohanan Kohen Gadol Le This takkanah is being written in such and such a year of Yohanan, who is the Kohen Le El That's God's name. So God's name was mentioned in the shtar. However, the rabbis were not too happy with this Takana of the Hashmonaim. Why? When the rabbis heard about this takkanah, they were against it. They said, Amru What's going to happen? The guy's going to pay his debt. <laughs> what are they going to do with the shetar? You rip up the shetar, you throw it in the garbage. What's going to happen? God's name now is going to be disrespected. So what did the rabbis do? So the rabbis made a gizera. No more God's name in the yom tov. And they a yom tov. Now what's what kind of yom tov is that? Just because they, they did it against the gizera. So that she says that the rabbis, and I'll read it inside. Because she yachru lebatal, it was very hard for the rabbis to wean them off. to win them off this practice. Why? Shekemad na Hey, this was already rampant amongst the people. Yeah. When they saw the people listen to them, the people, the rabbi's uh, decree was listened by the people. They really felt it was a miracle that they were able to pull this off to undo what the simur got accustomed to doing. Right, it was embedded in the people. So you know what they said? It's going to be, be considered a holiday. Now let's discuss over here. Which means the time we don't know yet when the time is. We're assuming this was after the of Hamikdash was around. Okay, so the rabbis now are adding a new day that you can't fast. Now, if you're telling me that the old ones oh, became nullified, you're coming to add a new one. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Okay. Must be what? Must that's, be the old okay. ones were standing, no and now they're adding a new one. Right. So the Gemara says. The East Kaddadach if you tell me that they nullified all the days of Megillat Taanit? Kama'ita Batul. The you know? old ones were nullified. Ahadanaita Musifin. He can start editing a new one. So must be what the really Megillat Taanit was not nullified, and therefore the rabbi just edited uh, another one as well. Okay, but I says no. What are you talking about? No proof at all. I I'll tell you no. This story happened when the Bet was still around, and therefore your whole proof, Batla, Lo butla, it was after the Bet Everybody agrees when the Bet was around, the was still viable, and then since began, the was still viable, they were able to not only keep what they have but even add do days. So therefore, this proof is not a proof to the subject. Baruch Amen.